So wait, the cavemen came first. They didn't open with a gecko. <laughs> yes, Ian, the cavemen came first. Oh, yeah. uh, yes, that is. <laughs> ah, asshole. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by Cinema Sins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of CinemaSins. I'm Aaron Dicer, and this week I'm joined by fellow Battle Cappers, Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Ian Whittington. I choked on my teeth. We write for CinemaSins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the CinemaSins universe as well. Uh, indeed, you did. You did <laughs> choke on your teeth. In, in, indeed, you did. Indeed, you did. Yes, I did. Uh, I'm what's sorry. in that tea, Ian? You're in a mood this morning. Liquid. Liquid. Okay. Right. Everyone's going to think right. that I just turn up to these shows drunk because it's four in the afternoon. Five <laughs> <laughs> o'clock somewhere. It's true. It's true. It's one of my favorite jokes in being the Ricardos, which there are a lot of uh, great jokes in the Sorkin. He, I love mm-hmm. some of the humor that he puts into his stuff. But, uh, you know, there's um, somebody asks the actor who J.K. Simmons is playing uh, in this, uh, who plays Fred on, you know, I Love Lucy said, are you drunk? It's, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning. He says, well, it's 10.05 somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, I love it. <laughs> so perfect. So good. There was one, t- I don't remember, we made it, we were talking on Slack or something, and it was like, it was like 11 o'clock here, and somebody said, or Ian said something about, I don't remember, there was something where I either thought about this or I said it, but I was like thinking it's five o'clock somewhere. Oh, it's actually five o'clock in England right now. <laughs> yes, it was. I thought that was fine. <laughs> I think, <laughs> yeah, I, think yeah. I'd, I was talking about wine or something. And you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, Somebody it, said it was it's early. It's like midday. And I was like, not for me. <laughs> that's right that's right uh well we're excited we've got another week's content to chat with you about and uh, go over so let's get inside it we'll kick it off with the sin side scoop what's he building in We're going to take a look at the videos from the week, the process of sending them, how we felt about the stuff we are sending in general. Commercial Sins Land had Geico Caveman commercial. Uh, Jeremy writing this one. Um, I'm always curious, so I'll start with you, Ian. Mm-hmm. Do you Did Geico have cavemen ads in the UK? Do you even know what Geico is? So I thought it was pronounced gecko, um, and I just assumed <laughs> that like the mascot was going to be a gecko, so I had no idea yeah, what... Yeah, well, that the- is... Wait, wait, that's funny, because there is a gecko that... Yeah, oh, really? their mascot right? is now a gecko, yes. Yeah. yes. Oh. Even though it's pronounced Geico, their their mascot is now a gecko. The Geico yes. gecko. Mm-hmm. I yes. should have stuck with that instead of the caveman, because this shit is dumb. Well, they eventually did. They did. That is their current mascot, so wait, the is a gecko. Came yeah. for, they didn't open with a gecko? <laughs> Yes, Ian, the cavemen came first. Uh, Yes, that is. (laughs) Ah, Asshole. (laughs) Let me explain to you something. These cavemen proved to be so popular. There was a network primetime sitcom made about them. It didn't last long. You are kidding. (laughs) It did not last long. The the two actors, the same two actors. I don't even know. Or just know, they pinched the concept. That's so dumb. Believe me, I never watched the show. I never paid attention to the commercials they didn't pinch the concept they got paid for oh like it was goodness. definitely based on the geico caveman and firefly yeah, like, didn't get a second season <laughs> right like, yes exactly well the geico exactly. caveman show didn't get a second season either. <laughs> yeah it barely got a second episode nice but i yeah. wonder why my goodness yeah. yeah so we don't as to my knowledge we don't have gecko geico over here um and this this commercial is dumb and not funny <laughs> Which is really hard to sin. It's it's actually really hard to sin something that is this not funny. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But we did. It was called Cavemen. There are, I don't know if it lasted this long, but there are 15 episodes of our film. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. I don't know if all of them aired, but yeah, it was in uh, 2007 and 2008. It does look like it might be the same people, but I don't know for sure. Because those could be the creators of the concept, too. I have no idea. That's ridiculous. It's so weird. Commercial mascots are the weirdest thing. Like, you know, whether it be. You know what's her name? The progress progressive Flo. lady. Flo. Flo that, and that's been going for what two decades now? Jared, or something? I mean, you know, all of a sudden it's yeah. like the mascot for Subway. Uh, that you know, turned like, out well. Yeah, that that worked well for everybody involved. Um, but yeah, so the the equivalent, I think, the strangest, most successful one that we have over here is there's a website called Compare the Market, and they I don't know if you have that in America at all. But, no, not that I know so of. So their their mascot became a meerkat and the original joke was that people kept visiting compare the meerkat.com instead of compare the market and this meerkat was getting really pissed off that was 20 years ago and it is still their mascot they have just run with it and there's toys like zoos started to have to expand the their meerkat enclosures because the meerkats became so popular <laughs> this commercial just took off and that's why you have mascots because it does yeah. shit like no, that. Totally. Well, you look at you look at the uh, like the Energizer Bunny, right? Like that hmm. now just seems like a battery mascot, but it was a commercial. Yeah. It was a commercial. They never need to change. You know, that. in the eighties, you know, early eighties, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. and it's still like their mascot mm-hmm. now. Like, yeah, yeah, because they would show another battery, I guess, that had died, mm-hmm. and then the Energizer Bunny would come across the screen, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It would be an and erase, then they, and then they did a. Then they did a series where they did like completely random parody commercials for other mm-hmm. things. And then the Energizer Bunny would come across the screen at the end. Uh, like, you know, it's just... There was never wow. an Energizer Bunny show that I'm aware of, though. <laughs> that would make sense, <laughs> honestly. There was, like, a, there was a Rubik's Cube cartoon. Okay. What did there it you go. do? There was you go. the Rubik's Cube the thing? It, like, it was like a Scooby-Doo ripoff, because everybody in the early 80s was, like, ripping off Scooby-Doo. Mm. So it was just like it was like a group of kids in a Rubik's Cube, and they, like, solved mysteries and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow... Perfectly uh, normal. Ian, other thoughts on this Sins video or uh, or this commercial? Uh, that's Cro Magnist. Just made me chuckle. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like a little simple one. But yeah. um, yeah, yeah, it's so hard. Like, there's so little to say about it because uh, the the narration sums it up with "That's it." Was that your joke? And you're waiting for the next bit of the joke to happen, and mm-hmm. it just doesn't. One of them orders food, the other doesn't, and the research the the salesman apologizes for not researching cavemen. I was like, they. You could have done so much more with this. Like it is a quirky mm-hmm. idea, but you just decided, nah, this sells itself. No, it does not. Well, it's also weird because I don't know where this commercial falls in the progression of the Geico mm-hmm. Cavemen commercials because some of them were funny. And this, listen, something like this doesn't take off like it does unless some of, of them course, actually yeah. work and are funny. This one is not. Um, so yeah, it's it's I'm I, you know like I kind of wonder where it where it falls in the whole progression. Mm. Jonathan, what are some of your thoughts? I just assumed it was the first one, but maybe it's not. I have no idea. I, that, uh, that's what I assumed too. It just way, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, I just everything just echo what Ian was saying. Because the one I wrote down was that research on cavemen still existing. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose yeah. you guys know a yeah. T Rex too, right? And then uh, I just like the mycology geology class called it once it's boring back. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Which yeah, I, I had that one too. I, and now I hope my college geology teacher listens. Cause that was <laughs> oh, no. I had a great college geology teacher. Yeah, no, I, I do too. He's a really nice guy. Um, I, I, I did not find this 
this uh, commercial funny. I, I honestly don't remember when these commercials came out if I thought they were hilarious. Um, I think it was. It's been over. It's been been over a decade, right? Since well, that done show the was two thousand seven, two thousand eight. That was kind of well, probably toward the end of it. So, so yeah. I wonder how early they were, but um, but I definitely remember them. To me, it's like anything they do in these commercials is like the discount caveman lawyer on SNL. Like you know, like mm-hmm. that, like all this idea of I'm a caveman, but I'm operating in the normal world and doing it kind of normally was already done. It's it's you know <clears throat> yeah. And have an that was Phil Hartman, right? Like I mean, you're not going to top that. So um, so yeah, I just I don't remember it being. Something that it, that I genuinely enjoyed. It's missing the um, fun part got, of being of the fish out of water story. It's like these guys are just. Well, I think that's fine. kind of supposed to be the point. But they seem like, to I know what's that's going what's on. Supposed don't to be they? funny. Yeah, but they right. Yeah, they know the world that they live in. So you, they've completely missed the point. So at least with you know caveman lawyer, like that is the whole thing of that is like he's a caveman, but he's totally adapted to modern society, and he's a lawyer mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. But he could use in his you know his lawyering like. I'm just a simple caveman. <laughs> so what do, what I, do I, know? I know? You know, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. So the humor kind of comes from there. But but yeah, 2004 was when it started. Wow. Well, there you go. 15, 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. 18 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah. 2022. Oh, happy new year, everybody. Hey, happy new year. <laughs> I think we, uh, I think we are into the new year officially now. Uh, all right. So yeah, you guys. Uh, mentioned everything that I had written down from the video. Uh, funny, funny stuff. Uh, all right, let's move into TV sins. Uh, we did the final episode of the first season of What If, and yes, we still know we're missing an episode. Thank you to all those in the comments where who continue to ask about this it. This isn't right. No. This is weird. It's going to be so weird doing the, the seventh episode last. Why would we do that? Where's Gamora? Why would we ever do that? Where is Gamora's Why, yeah. episode? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, what if the watcher broke his oath is the name of it. Uh, Jonathan and I writing on this one, Jonathan, I'll let you kick it off. What are some of your thoughts as we kind of finish up the season of what if? Yeah. I mean, I guess not much different than what I said last week. I mean, these final two episodes obviously made us realize that all this was connected and they had a, they had a plan. Um, although one episode we never saw, so I don't know how uh, she fit into everything, but, uh, was it, is it Gamora that? Yeah. Is that the episode? Yeah, there was a Gamora episode, yeah, with the Infinity Stone Crushers and and that kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, and so, oh, yeah, the yeah, because I remember thinking, like, this doesn't make any sense. Why, where, where did these come from? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's really odd that they chose to keep all that in. Do we know why they didn't air that episode? Or they, you said they've been kind of quiet said, about it, right? Yeah, I don't think they've officially said. I think uh, my instinct is that it must have had something to do with contractual agreements, but... Yeah. Um, or not Just being have. able to get the, you know, uh, some sort of person in to, you know, voice or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. weird. But it was, a, you know, it was a perfectly fine series, I guess. Uh, I'm curious to see what they do next. I don't know that I've put it high on my list, but uh, I'm not stoked about it. But, I, you know, it's fine. Um, it's not the, it's definitely not anywhere near the worst thing that the MCU has, has done. <laughs> Uh, as far as the sins, I like the just stopping a living planet this easily. Like mm-hmm. it just comes in, it's just like, oh, you're done. <laughs> uh, sending the episode for tricking the narrator into admitting they watch Big Brother, I thought was really funny. Mm-hmm. And then just the uh, shoehorning Steve Rogers. We had a couple of sins about that. Like, well, surely they're not gonna. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it ends with like this post credit scene the is whole, great. The whole season ends with a Steve yes! Rogers is back credit scene. Like, uh, uh, can't you catch a break? 
I also yeah. my my favorite was that like the Doctor Strange says to Captain Carter, you know, well the the same thing, you know, got us both love. And then the sin was is love the code name of the Super Soldier Serum because what <laughs> happened to Captain Carter was the Super Soldier Serum. <laughs> That's so, great. I just thought all that was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff. Uh, I really enjoyed writing on this series. I had a lot of fun with this. I'm I'm excited to do more of this in the future uh, if they bring it back, uh, which it sounds like they are. Yeah. And in fact, that episode that's missing, it sounds like they're going to either debut it between seasons or make it a part of uh, season two. So I think we will eventually get to see that Gamora episode mm-hmm. um, and possibly eventually send it. We shall see. But yeah, I think I ended up overall liking the show. Not loving it, but overall just kind of being like, this is fun. This is interesting. Uh, it had a lot of expectations for me to live up to. I was really excited about this show, just the idea. Mm-hmm. And it didn't do exactly what I wanted it to do. I wanted it to be a little more out there, um, you know, to really take some big swings. And there are one or two episodes I think you could say are decent sized swings. And the rest of it is basically just, you know, what if this person was this person? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. And it's like, okay, <laughs> well, you know. Um, what if Steve Rogers was here? <laughs> That's just not as much as what I was interested in. Uh, this episode, the biggest sin for me, and, and we certainly wrote enough on it, was including Killmonger in the Guardians of of the Multiverse. Like the the idea that the Watcher would, you know, uh, choose this is indi- indicating one of two things that the show isn't telling us. Mm-hmm. Either one, he is omniscient and knows exactly how all this is going to play out, and so he knows he needs Killmonger, which the show is not ever saying the Watcher is omniscient. In fact, it's saying quite the opposite It's disproved in the previous episode. Right, yes, yeah. Um, or he's stupid. Uh, and it's re- it really is one of those two choices, right? Like, um, Because why on earth would you pick Killmonger for this team? It makes no sense. Um so I, I love that we really uh, emphasized that. I also love that we really took the episode to task for using the exact same overall plot as <laughs> Endgame and Infinity War. Like it is mm-hmm. a group of superheroes trying to stop a you know a being with all the Infinity stuff. Like, do we ne- really need to repeat this idea? You can't think of some new thing. Can yeah. we please just be done with the Infinity Stones? Um, we've we've played that out in its best form. Uh, already. So yeah, I found that, um, you know, a a little bit annoying in this episode as well. Uh, Ian, what are some of your thoughts? Uh, yeah, no, I, I like the series. I'm exactly the same as you. I like the series. I don't love it. This episode did not do anything to help me love it at all. My biggest problem, like Sin's video covers everything so well, but my biggest problem is why only six heroes? Why stop there? Why, Mm -hmm. why not flipping everybody? Like, just pull out the Avengers team that we see in Endgame, all of them, because this is the same problem. If anything, Ultron is more mm-hmm. of a threat. So do a massive on your left and just animate the fuck out of everybody coming in. And if you're going to lift from Endgame, lift the best part of it. Like, just <laughs> rip it rip it all off. My goodness, don't just calm me. Um, so, yeah, really, really frustrating. And, and just Ultron... Snap your fingers and turn them into bubbles like Thanos does with everyone. Turn them yeah. into wiggly woos. Like you can for the last time bend reality, time, the fabric of space itself. Like this is mm. not any kind of matchup at all. So yeah. It's it's a tricky finale because when you set up somebody so powerful that even the watcher has a problem taking them down, it, pretty much anything else is gonna be unbelievable. Um 
so yeah, it, it's tough, and I, I I don't think they did it well. Um, but the sins were great. Uh, when Thor says, "Doesn't everyone mess with?" No, sorry, yeah, there's no messing with Vegas. <laughs> Doesn't everyone mess with Vegas? Isn't that kind of Vegas's thing? <laughs> kind of is. It's kind of right, what, you, yeah. what you do. You are guardians of the multiverse, and at that moment co- rolled commercials so hard. I swear they just accidentally changed the title of the show, and that's such a great way of putting it because <laughs> I couldn't put my finger on why that was so. Ugh, it was so cringy, and it's like, I know what you've yeah. done here, and it's not as clever as you think it is. And yeah, it feels yeah. like a roll commercials moment when it obviously isn't. I'm still calling it. There will be a Guardians of the Multiverse show. Like, I mean, it like that is, like and, and if there isn't, it, it's definitely the intent here. You know, they, yeah, they just, yeah. they, uh, yeah, they hang a lantern on it so hard. So yeah, they really do. It's yep. such a. Yeah, just a swelling music moment. It's yeah, it's hard to avoid it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it when they kind of get towards the end and um, and T'Challa chimes in, it doesn't feel over. Everyone's reaction to the movie Dune somehow makes it into the script. I was like, that's just a sideswipe at Dune <laughs> in a, in a Marvel uh, Sins video, right? And I was kind of like, yep. ev- nobody's yep. nobody wants to say it, but everyone's thinking it. I was like, this movie's great, but yeah. It's long. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was my thought. There you go. What if the Watcher broke his oath? Moving on to the latest episode of Squid Game. Stick to the team. Uh, this is the tug of war episode, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, happens Indeed. at the end of this. Uh, or the overnight melee episode, if you prefer. Um, Ian and I oh. writing on this one. Uh, this is a a, 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 a we die. I don't know. Weedy. Uh, I don't want us all to. We die. Uh, no, that probably doesn't work. Um, no. Weedy works better. <laughs> Eat your Wheaties. No, not that. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, we, uh, we wrote on this one. So Ian, I'm going to let you kick it off. What are some of your thoughts on uh, Squid Game? Yeah, I think this episode stands out as one of the most what the fuck episodes like this mm-hmm. doesn't add up like the so little of the logic follows here from um making the exact number of eggs but somehow knowing that would definitely lead to somebody being greedy which will then definitely lead to a fight which the entire premise depends on it's it's just a classic bad guy plan that relies on the bad guy being either omniscient or just relying on chance to come and save the day mm-hmm. um I understand that a fight breaking out of some sort is inevitable, but it goes exactly how they want this fight to to go out, and it just yeah, right. it's yeah. not it's not right. So yeah, it just, and it just feels like it takes so long to get to the tug of war, which itself is really tense and really really great. And um, you pulled out that that visual of them being the the first team that gets pulled off and swinging in the air and somehow even though it's all filled with death it is a beautiful shot like some of the stuff that's put on screen is really really gorgeous and the the only thing that took the tension away was knowing that all of your main cast other than some of the bad guys are on that team and the team that they're playing against is a bunch of nobodies so it's like hmm i wonder what's going to happen here and you don't even want them to lose because it's it's not like having a sudden twist that yes they all die would have benefited the show no because you you back to square one and you've got to rebuild a cast that you can relate to so there was never any danger of them losing um, but the biggest biggest pile of nonsense is number ones explaining the rules and I just couldn't get away from it because they went instead of doing the whole thing as narration and then you can shoehorn that into wherever you want anywhere they deliberately yeah, yeah. start with him in the lift 
starting the explanation. So you have a set amount of time, aka a lift journey, to get this explanation done. And yet, and it, he doesn't even physic- start the explanation until the lift journey is over. Yes, like it, he's he spends mm-hmm. the entire journey in the elevator right. setting up his you know bona fides. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. just, it's bonkers. Like, we can actually measure, this is one of the rare times where we can measure the amount of time he has to say this. So we categorically know he didn't say it. It's <laughs> baffling to me. Absolutely baffling. But yeah. Yeah. In terms of the sins, um, my favorite one to write was um, when uh, Gihan is, still, is shouting at the screens after the man's been beaten to death. And um, he's still surprised by the barrenness of the fields that should contain the fucks given by the people that run this place. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, it is baffling to me that he doesn't realise these are not nice people. <laughs> Snakes on a pain in the ass. I've been holding on to that for a long, long time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That always feels good. That was so good. And um, Player 69 can't do anything without his partner being involved. Nice. Because <laughs> I missed that. Yeah. And I was like, I'm so mad. It's one of those sins. I'm so mad I missed it. But so glad that you were there to pick it up. Yeah. Well, initially, just you know, the, he was he was wearing sixty nine, and I was like, you know, well, there we have to comment on yeah. that. You know, there has to be a joke there somewhere. Absolutely. And then just the fact that it literally was his defining characteristic <laughs> was nope, gotta have my partner with me. <laughs> nice. Is the right. is the old guy number one? Yes. Though? Yeah. Ilnam. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Ilnam. We haven't called. We haven't taken the chance chance to call him Will Riker or something. That's too bad. <laughs> ah, interesting. Well, uh, perhaps we'll left. have more chances. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I'm really enjoying sending this. Uh. I remember I watched all of this very quickly. There is an addictive element to this mm-hmm. show and kind of what's going uh to happen. This isn't one of my favorite episodes, but it does have some of my favorite stuff. Mm-hmm. One of the fun thing. One of the the fun things about rewatching this show is. I think the best thing about this show is the foreshadowing. I think mm-hmm. this show is next level of planting subtle clues that you only pick up on rewatch. We highlight another one of those in this episode with number one, you know, saying shut it down. And then, and then the guy listens to him and, and shuts it down Which because he's the boss entirely. Like I just yeah. thought, Oh, well, that's yeah. a bit lame. I missed that. He right. was literally telling them to stop. It's beautiful. Yeah. So well done. Yeah. And that, and that I think is as as I'm rewatching these, hmm. what I'm discovering to be kind of the most intelligent part of this show. At mm-hmm. least is that the foreshadowing is is really really good. But yeah, you mentioned some of the other things uh, that that I wanted to talk about. Um, the overnight killing spree being one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, just how um, just how weirdly different it is than all the other games, right? So yeah. there's there's a fine line we 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 try to walk between you know what is argumentatively possible and mm-hmm. you know certainly i think we touched on some of what wouldn't be possible or shouldn't be or depends too much on luck you know like you said but then there's also the this just feels different than everything else part of it where it's like this is very much the purge this is the idea of yeah. the purge is just let people kill each other um you know kind of thing where every other part of it is this ordered game you know, gamifying death Follow kind of thing and following the rules. And um, and so, yeah, I think drawing attention to that was was good. Uh, you already mentioned the speech, which you're right, is, is just wild that he somehow gives that speech in some sort of, you know, alternate paused time space yeah, dimension. Unreal. Um, strange. Uh, and then I, I just wanted to mention uh, a couple others. Uh, the line in the show is go sit somewhere in a corner, come lights out, don't make a noise. If I hear you breathe, then I'll come for you. And then the sin is just turkey basters. Uh, I just love, I just love how, yeah, if you know, you know, Uh 
and that's all we need to say. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's great. So yeah, and then the uh, well, that's escalated uh, quickly. <laughs> um, and I think I will put that one in the bag for any time people are just all of a sudden having sex after just meeting each other because um, that's fun. So yeah, fellatio overachiever was fellatio on the back overachiever. of that. Was yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I'm I haven't seen the rest of this. I've only seen up to this point. I think this is probably my least favorite of the first four, but I don't. This is the fourth, right? Yes. I think this is the fourth episode. Yes. Um, and I I don't know, but I think a lot of it was just the the overnight melee and stuff. That just I don't know. That just that didn't really interest me for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't get on board with that. And uh, but oh, it's fine. I mean, I I think all the points you guys are making are are just um as far as the sins um. Storing your penis and your cigarettes in the same location, which <laughs> kind of goes off of this escalating quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, counting this slow because you're waiting for the camera to catch up, I thought was really funny. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, that is a good point. And then I just, did you guys already talk about the the advice, like where he tells her that she should join them? Because did I miss you guys talking about that? No, I don't think we no. mentioned that. No. Yeah, I thought that was a great point where the I can't remember her name, but the girl, the thief, the one that took mm-hmm. his uh, money mm-hmm. in like the first episode, he's talking to her and he's basically saying, "You don't have any other options of team to join, so you should definitely join ours." And then the send was, "This could be the worst damn advice ever given in the history of television. An absence of options does not mean you default to trusting whoever happens to be in the room." Mm-hmm. Which uh, which I thought was a really valid. It's so point. true. It it's is such a faulty yeah. piece of logic that he's expecting yeah. him to follow. Yeah. Well, there you go. That is Squid Game. Stick to the team. Let's move into Cinema Sins. We'll kick it off with Meet the Robinsons. Uh, it is a Hughes Whittington script. Danae and Ian writing on this one. Danae is not here, but she wanted us to pass along how much she loves this movie. Oh, no. And don't do it. thinks it is just one of the greatest films ever uh, yeah, put, she thought put the, to celluloid. You know, just the way they portrayed... Uh, Parent, parents, authority and, figures. Uh, Just the authority, authority figures, figures were so lovable She's, in this movie. She yeah. wanted to make sure people knew that. So, so. loving and caring. <laughs> I'm having no part <laughs> of oh, this. Look, it's <laughs> oh, hi, <Nay>. No, <laughs> I didn't know you were here. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. I can only listen to that for so long. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, this this movie, um, yeah, it triggered me on a lot of levels. And then we were, tra- we were talking about it before the show started. And then I was like, no, no, no. I can I can see their point too. So I I don't know how to jump into this conversation actually no 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 you hated this movie you can hate this movie yeah 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 <laughs> no 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 i i don't want to i don't want to go too hard at it i felt bad you know i felt like maybe i was just too it was too much potentially like i was being too much mm-hmm. so you know yeah i loved this movie thank you <laughs> if you don't i will <laughs> No, I'm excited yeah. to talk about this. Um, uh, I watched this movie with Ian when he was in the U.S., and so we had the privilege of watching it together um, and being confused at the same time <laughs> and concerned at the same time. And I fell and then... asleep. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Towards the end, like the last 10 minutes, I woke up and the credits were rolling, and I was like... That that movie ended really strangely. It's like, yeah, you missed the last ten minutes of it. Yeah, it was one of those moments where I was like, I think he's really tired and should sleep, and I'm pretty sure there's nothing here to watch anyway. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but it's also Ian, so he didn't want you to know he was asleep. No, he's like, I was so not true. sleeping. I was watching this. this. So true. Mm-hmm. Nobody must know that I'm unconscious. Yeah. yeah. So so this movie, I didn't know what to expect on this one. Did you know anything about the premise of this of this? 
like no, all a story I knew at all. Was I remember the trailer vividly because it has the funniest line in the film, which is the dinosaur, like someone shouting at the dinosaur, and I'm going, "I have a giant head and tiny arms," and that got mm-hmm. me. Um, but then the word of mouth on the film was so poor that I was like, "Nah, it's not worth the 90 minute commitment to see something I saw in the trailer." <laughs> This is like this is like right before Tangled, right? And this like a year or two before oh, Tangled, because no. like Disney was still was kind of struggling. Is this two thousand seven? If that, yeah. I think. Yes, yeah, so yeah. it was a year before Iron Man. I mean, it's it's like like Disney's going to come back in a big way mm. very quickly. But like at this point, this is like Chicken Little, Home on the Range. This is like right. all that kind yeah. of era. Yeah, where they were, it was like the post nineties boom, Treasure Planet, you know, stuff like that that just wasn't wasn't doing well. So. Yeah, Yeah. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know the story. I didn't know what Meet the Robinsons meant. So my first watch was genuine and true. What the fuck is going on? (laughs) What is this movie? And so as the movie begins to tell you what it is, and then it hits into that moment whenever he goes into the Robinsons future, and we're seeing like, like, you know, strange things happening all the time and strange inventions and that that sequence where like the frogs are singing <laughs> and there's a sea creature answering the door and then there's two men heads with potted pl- I didn't know if they were actually just heads in plants and that was part of like because we don't see those people ever again like I, I think that they actually live on the porch in the potted plant and potentially are just part of the flora and fauna Who invented there, it's them? just bonkers <laughs> it was bonkers and maybe maybe in a good way when you're a kid but when you're an adult and you're going i don't understand what's happening <laughs> yeah i don't understand yeah. what's happening what what universe is this you know like you were talking about jonathan if this is like a chicken little thing and i'm watching like animal if i'm watching animals mm-hmm. an animal movie then i'm gonna live in a universe where animals can talk and that's fine but up until he gets into the future i thought we were in like our world with the difference is only like 30 years. Like how much changed yeah. in 30 years? That's insane. Like did he travel mm-hmm. in his time traveling thing into the future where octopi are butlers and then bring one back? <laughs> I'm really stuck on the octopus. I realize that. <laughs> because he doesn't do anything either. Like he it, it doesn't the door. it just it answers the door and it's like no, this big No, he saves the thing. day. Remember, he gets involved in the big fight, you know, when they have to fight the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh, yeah, Rex. and then gets murdered. Yeah, yes. I remember. Yeah. yeah. Is it an actual, it's an actual octopus yeah. though, right? Yeah. It's not like a killed. robot. Yeah. Okay. And then the idea is that the little kid, you know, the little girl that ends up being the wife later on, that she's kind of obsessed with frogs and she teaches them everything she knows, which somehow means that in those 30 years, she has designed altered there's just so many i have so many questions i have so many questions but you know based on your intro i did get hung up a lot on how kid movies are really hard for me because that's like this you're planting seeds into these tiny little minds that grow into being insecurities later and in this movie one of the big insecurities that i'm wondering that would be planted is yes you can make up uh, you can mess up when you have inventions. And yes, you should mess up as much as you want to because it could turn into genius later and you can have a wonderful life with a family. But also there's so many moments when the adults turn their back on children in these really emotional ways. Like even the 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 kid who's uh, actually Cornelius's son, um, you know, 
at one point in time, he messes up and the entire family turns their back on this person and walks away from them. Like how traumatizing would that actually be to experience? And I know that what it's doing is it's trying to kind of like it. That would scare the shit out of a kid. Like, (gasps) is there a problem? Yeah, there's a possibility that everyone in my family is going to turn their back and walk away and leave me abandoned. And there's abandonment all through this movie. Like, there's just abandonment everywhere. (laughs) So I liked sending that a lot because I feel like Mm -hmm. we should be more responsible in the stories that we tell our children. But that's Mm -hmm. me as a new mom trying to evaluate every single decision I make every fucking day. So... That's you as a functioning yeah. human, and yeah. anybody that has a different opinion really needs to take a long, hard look about what movies they think we should put in front of our children. Isn't that right, Aaron? <laughs> Not my turn yet. Not my turn yet. <laughs> uh, Danae, did you want to say anything else about like the the script or anything while you're here? Like you know, like any of the sins or any of that kind uh, of stuff. There were so or... many that I loved, but because I just decided to pop in here and not actually prepare anything, um, mm. I I don't remember sins off the top of my head. I How know angry were... did you get about the letterboxes? Because oh. I, I remember was yours, the mailbox. Yeah, yeah. Why do you have the mailbox open all the time? Is why is why is that a thing? Mm-hmm. That's definitely something that annoyed me. There were so there were so so many. Um, but but here's what happens when you hate a movie. Um, you don't want to remember it. This is Danae's version of reality. Mm-hmm. And we had several issues in editing. Like we don't always have to watch <laughs> our edits a lot. But in this one, there kept being these like little things that would happen. And it's not it's no one's fault. Like so mm. we would miss something, something like there was an error on an upload. I had to watch this movie multiple times to sin it. And then I had to watch the edit more than I have ever had to watch an edit in the history of me working in this job. And I swear to God, I just want to put this to bed. So <laughs> the fact that I don't remember any of it is probably part of That's my good. healing. You know? Yeah. 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 It's part of my healing. Yeah. The earth is healing. The earth is healing. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'll just listen to what you guys have to say and I'm, maybe one will pop into my mind. Uh, Ian, you're up. You wrote you sure? on this. Tell me um, about your similar experience. <laughs> um, yeah, I, Danae covered it. Like this, the, the, the unsurprisingly, the thing that jumped to, out to me the most was um, the time travel and all kinds of bullshit that it is. And I was like, I get it, kids film, cartoon logic, whatever. Like running, running in the air for five seconds before you fall. I'm totally fine with that. Like that's just cartoon <laughs> physics. That's great. Sure, don't sure, fuck sure. With time. But don't you mess don't with you time mess with travel, time, man. Because there are set yeah, rules. Yeah, like you. you don't breathe oxygen backwards unless you're in tenet. Like there is, there are set right. rules that you have to stick to, and especially in a kids' film, make the time travel understandable, or just it doesn't even have to make sense. Just stick to the damn rules. But this doesn't. Things happen when they want them to happen, and in the order that fits the narrative and damn it i would not have a narrative put before actual logic um so that's the thing that that got on me the most and just how terrible the lady that runs this orphanage is um she closed it and apparently left goober in there just alone yeah alone or he broke back in but then where are the parents that he was given to or do they not figure that this would be the most likely place that he would run back to the kid gets like 19 and he's we still didn't send this, but in like the future, we're we're in like the Meet the Robinsons future, and everything mm. is kind of bright and colored. And then you look over, and it's like the dark. Yes, uh, you know 
very clearly ev- evil layer that's the old orphanage that hasn't been touched by any construction for 30 mm-hmm. years you know <laughs> so yeah no one went back there for goob nobody no one you made this bad mm-hmm. guy he, he absolutely made the joker um see so yeah, that that's what got to me the most it's it's fun to look at and i just wondered if if is this made for like a peppa pig audience like is this yeah. so young that i'm just not getting it and i'm i'm seeing it too much whereas something like finding nemo you can get a lot from no matter what your age and i'm i'm just looking at aaron this entire time um, <laughs> i think you have to be an absolute probably infant to enjoy this film um, <laughs> yeah some, some sort of serious arrested development issues if anybody likes this movie yeah yeah, yeah totally oh dear um but yeah so in terms of the scenes i loved um i think we opened it really strong with the pencil crafting scene um just creating a story so early on behind not trusting the internet and how that led to the death of a um of a thousand pencils as you try to experiment balancing it perfectly behind your ear and the narrator taking great joy in that um the anaphylactic chasm between we don't usually eat peanut butter and holy shit my airways yeah his delivery on that was really delightful there's a difference between reading that on the script mm-hmm. just all these letters kind of together and then hearing jeremy you know, just so bring it to life good. it's so fun did you write that so yes yeah i just you like to do that link that thing with the the because it was funny on new year's eve ian of course celebrated new year's six years i mean six years six <laughs> hours before that is true before Both we did true. yeah and so we jokingly sent him a text, like, what, what do we expect? And he was like, wait, run away from that. Ah. And then he just typed in that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> Don't come here. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it just delivers better than words can. Um, <laughs> but he wouldn't write arg on the cave wall. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, I think D- Danae did a great job of breaking down the peanut butter contraption helmet gun thing. Um, I went straight past it and into the anaphylactic health issues, and they was like, nah, this shit don't make sense. As like, this <laughs> time travel, forget about it. This peanut butter gun is some bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. But the way you crafted that was beautiful. Yeah. I was also really proud of how I actually thought through some of the time travel stuff. Mm-hmm. Usually I just kind of like, ah, whatever. But this one really bothered me. So I actually spent some time really thinking about it and drawing little charts on my stick it notes in my room just kind of go, how does this actually work <laughs> it, it doesn't looks exactly like the chart from back to the future that doc brown draws and i was like oh nice reference and he's like what what reference, <laughs> what? what reference? <laughs> oh no this just organically came up that's, that's amazing um i bet you thought the b and pb and j stood for butter because that sin goes by so fast you might just not realize it's a very naughty reference um, oh, I think everybody realizes what it was. Yeah, yeah. perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a personal personal attack. Um, I don't think Frog Sinatra deserved a rim shot. I, I think Frog Sinatra stands on its own as a great jo- joke. It didn't need a... <laughs> it was so cheesy, it had to be added in there. It's I so mean... Frog Sinatra. It- <laughs> oh, God. These people... Well, I, I see what Ian's saying, though, because we've definitely 
told, cornier. <laughs> Why are you singling out that one? Why is that any more of a dad joke? Like, that would even be like, that wouldn't even be like top 100. Well, uh, uh, ouch. I don't know. Thank you, I think. <laughs> no, like corny, like corniness, not great no, level. Like, corniness corny, level. That was the goal. Like deserving of a rim shot. Yeah, okay. Well, now I feel like I'm glad that it got a rim shot. Yeah, now you want no, the rim want shot, the don't rim you, shot. Ian? My, how the tables have turned. Can I just say that the original, like the first edit, um, we found a sounder for the rim shot and it lasted and it was <laughs> so it was literally like the rim shot went ba doom boom Yeah and it just, it like, just faded out and it lasted so long and it was long enough that I thought, is this one of those moments when we leave it in because it's such a trolley thing where everyone's gonna be like, When will this rim <laughs> shot end? <laughs> Mm-hmm. But it was either just it was slightly too short, like it needed yeah. to be even twice as long to make it funny. To get what the is third the, and fourth wave of laughter. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my yeah. god. But then you're like, no, this is a really long script, and we needed to end. Yeah, it's so already we, we shortened it down. <laughs> we need to stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the very very last one was um, uh, the what's his name? Lewis would be the Ringo Starr orchestra orchestra sins. Any opportunity I can get to take the piss out of Ringo Starr I will <laughs> Ringo is the Hawkeye <laughs> of, of the Avengers yeah uh that reminds me of a joke I heard somebody else tell that I desperately wanted to put in a Hawkeye script I'll just say it here since uh we uh do not make a habit of taking other people's jokes and putting mm-hmm. them in our scripts we like to write our own jokes uh so I will just say it here but the 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 joke he made was that somebody said Hawkeye was the Ringo Starr of the Avengers and then somebody, and then the joke. The other person was like, "No, I think he was pretty much the Yoko Ono of the <laughs> Avengers." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow, it's so true, amazing, amazing. Uh, yeah, I'll go next. Um, yes, indeed, I do love this movie. Now, now, granted, I haven't seen it since 2007. Let me give you a little bit of context of where Aaron was in 2007. I had an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. I was a parent <laughs> of. Four boys from the ages of two to eight, and we loved watching this movie together. And and yeah, so we so there is definitely that part of the context for me. I I'm sure it doesn't make sense. Uh, I'm sure it doesn't hold up. But we laughed. Uh, I'm you know I'm I know uh, the way the script handled the big head and tiny arms line uh, had to happen because it is mm-hmm. what almost everybody remembers from mm-hmm. this movie because it's such a funny moment. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I appreciated that being brought to light. But, yeah, that was just – it was a lot of fun. The other thing I remember about this movie, we went and saw it in the theater when it came out. And it was right during when it seemed like maybe 3D was just going to take off and be the thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this movie was one of the first 3D movies that we watched where it was like, oh, that's cool because they did some stuff with like reflections and different things where the reflections weren't in 3d they were flat and yet you know so it just it felt like a fully realized environment so i do remember the 3d in this being uh really cool and less gimmicky you know um than a lot of the stuff that was coming out there was um so i do remember that about it as well but yeah i totally get that you know i'm sure it doesn't none of the logicals for what we do this is a perfect movie because there's so much to to take apart for it. Um, I am a bit surprised, Danae, that it didn't appeal to you in some ways because this feels to me like a movie you would write. Like you would be like, I want octopus butlers and singing frogs and I don't care about the lot, you know, like oh, this kind of... No, you know, you're not <laughs> yeah. wrong. You're not wrong. It, it Now that I've been through the movie, 
Mm-hmm. I'm still confused about how they got there and I'm still got my adult brain on, but I absolutely would have loved this uh, watching it when I was a kid. Absolutely. And if right. I was to write a children's movie, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're yeah, not wrong. That's what it's, yeah, it has a little bit of Danae random sensibility to oh, it. Yeah. It's like, I don't care about the logic. Just bring me octopus butlers. <laughs> I you would know, be like, concerned then... about them being out of water too long. You know, sure, you probably sure, spent some more time yeah, talking about that maybe. And then the people who are yeah. making the movie would be like no we can't spend that time because nobody cares and then i'd be like yeah. overrun it would be it would be a lot it would be a process yeah mm-hmm. yeah you guys actually i had i uh had three that i had written down and and actually you covered them all in so um so jonathan what about you uh what are you, your experience with this i saw this when it came out and um i don't remember much about it i mean i i mean i guess i had some memories came back when i was watching the video i remember liking it fine i i don't remember like loving it or anything but i remember thinking that was fine but i'm sure everything you guys are saying is very accurate because i don't i don't think my daughter's ever watched this i I know i've never seen it again uh as far as the sense i honestly don't know what all you guys have gone through because i've been cutting out some because of weather here uh yeah. and it sounded like ian read the entire script Sorry. but um, <laughs> i love it so much this was a great video it's good it's a did really we, fun script you yeah. guys did great on it yeah it's a lot of fun i did i did like the thing about not trusting food that's carried in the depths of robot intestines <laughs> i thought that was yeah I, I don't know if this has been said and then the other one i don't know if it's been said but the sea kids be better at sports and maybe just maybe that will make you worthy of love uh, I yeah. felt that. I feel so. that yeah. in my core. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. That is what school is based around, and it is some bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, there you go. There is Meet the Robinsons. Danae, thanks for dropping by. Yeah. You're more than welcome anytime thanks. to come and uh, hang out Thank on. Thank you. It was fun uh, to see you guys and hang out with you guys. Bye. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. Go have some oranges from a oh, basket. <laughs> All right. Take a drink. Jonathan has referenced the outtakes. Uh, you hey, you I, have I the to same have... damn thing, but it's made out of wood instead of plastic. And it has, it has, I, I, I went ahead and put in my breakfast burrito and some tater Perfect. tots. So. Yeah. You're doing the right thing. Yeah. You're doing breakfast mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. There you go. There you go. Breakfast at 1130. Beautiful. Uh, all right. It's 1130 somewhere. In... <laughs> it's 1135 somewhere. Uh, let's move into escape room Tournament of Champions and Atkinson Watkins script. Uh, Watkinson script. Uh, so yeah, Jonathan, uh, tell us about your experience with uh, the Escape Room sequel. I think I talked about this on Beyond the Sins when it came out, and I think I gave it like a slightly rec- like a slight recommend because when I saw it in the theater, like I I realized there were a lot of dumb things in it, but I kind of had fun with it. I had no fun with it. I mean, I had fun sending it, but like it was like I, I realized through this viewing, no, this movie is just terrible. I was I was very happy to be back at the theater. I think was mm. why, like kind of like <laughs> it. Do a lot. Uh, the first time. I don't know. This movie's really bad, um, and especially because the first one is so fun. Like the first one's not a, a great movie or anything, but it's a perfectly fun time mm-hmm. at the movies, right? Right. Uh, it's kind of like this. PG-13 Saw universe and they're actually having to like solve these puzzles and stuff and it's kind of fun and it actually kind of at least I mean there's a lot of illogic in the first one I didn't do the sins on the first one I think that was actually you and Chris one I think so yeah I think we did the first one yeah 
Yeah, and so and I went back and watched that, and that was really cool because there was a lot to take to send from that. But at least in that one, like they're in the same like building that mm-hmm. like the Minos Corporation. At least I can somewhat buy that they could you know play around with this and have control over what happens. Whereas in this, like the very first thing is they take a subway car that they somehow get the exact <laughs> people on they need to, and no one else, and. uh and they get that to work for their own benefit to get them to the escape. It's just it's it's insanity on so many levels. And I and I mean that goes beyond like what are we I mean it's a it's a movie about a guy that creates escape rooms to kill people or whatever. But yeah, but this is still like insanely ridiculous. And Chris wasn't kidding. Like when Chris says, I'm going to keep sending this until it stops pissing me off. <laughs> There's like five or six we cut. I mean we had so many sins just about that. Just about that fucking subway car. That's amazing. And yeah. the fact that they're all on it. And it's just everything about that whole moment was crazy. But yeah, yeah no, this this movie's really bad. Uh, the other, uh, I loved the, wait, when the fuck did this happen on previously on Escape Room? <laughs> we're, actually, <laughs> yeah. we're actually confused by that. Um, and then uh, I loved uh, Chris and referring to the screenplay as being democratic with the number of lines everyone has, which is something I didn't notice, but he's right. And then he said, this would be like if Led Zeppelin allowed John Paul Jones, John Bonham, and Jimmy Page to, send ev- to sing every other line of Stairway to Heaven. Um, but my favorite was, uh, Chris wrote that thing about uh, the Ben character, who is like probably one of the worst characters in the history of film in this movie. And he wanted the point in the, in the sin, he says, pound sand, Ben. And then it cuts to the character saying, look, sand. And then after that, the narrator says, you betcha, kiddo. <laughs> it's brutal. <laughs> that yeah. just... That was one of those things when I read it, I couldn't really see it. But then when I, I was like, oh, that's beautiful. So, yeah, yeah, it was this was very, very easy to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ian, what about you? So I really, really enjoyed the first escape room. I went into it kind yeah. of negatively because, hey, escape rooms are big. Saw works. Let's do that and make a film from it. And it's a classic example of, yeah, the idea might be a bit a bit dumb and predictable, but you can still make a good movie from it. Um, and it, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Um, so this arrived and I somehow managed to miss the trailer that it was even happening. It just turned up in theatres one day and I didn't watch it. I was like, well, I haven't got, there's still like pandemic stuff happening. And I'm so glad I didn't because based on the sins video, this seems like such a bad movie. Like the sin that really sums it up is yeah, it based it on saw, but on saw five, like, it you picked the worst in the franchise and decided, yep, that's what I'll base my movie on. Um, and is there a thing where there's two versions of this film? Yes, I yes, actually I that. Will, know that. I have that for keeping okay, tab. We'll okay, that I had it later then. in the comment section, but yeah, yeah, there's there's definitely stuff to talk about there. Yeah, I'd love to know more about that because that seems baffling to me. And filming new content for the previous film to make your film make sense is such a cheat, and I don't know why. Because it's a story, tell it however you want. But for me, it feels like you can retcon whatever the hell you want, rather than doing the hard work of planning ahead and and making something that's a really satisfying payoff later on. Um, yeah, wound me up. So yeah, you guys, right? It felt like we spent a good chunk of the sins video in the train car, but rightfully so because yeah, all of them, the 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 gymnastics you have to do to remove mm-hmm. the game from the plane and put it onto a train car it's just like everyone's on standby and they're like okay bail she's not taking the plane bail what are we gonna do let's put it on the train but we can't doesn't matter get everybody on the train and somehow that works um it's bizarre 
Um, yeah, I have this, but man, I laugh so hard at this. I have this weird loyalty thing for people who saved my life. You said boner weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. The delivery on that was so so good. Um, the Google Maps thing that lets them know that there are bad guys in the alleyway just proves that somebody writing this doesn't understand how Google Maps works. Like, it's mm-hmm. not a satellite uplink that refreshes every twenty four hours. The car goes round like once every ten years. Like, it's not. It's very rare that it's refreshed. The odds of them being spotted were astronomical. It's just, it's so dumb. Yeah. Um, yeah. The effort that went into plotting the safe tiles in the laser bank, and I I don't know who's responsible for that, but it's brilliant. Chris. That's that's incredible. That knowing, working out which tiles would be safe and that the fact that he walked on the wrong one was absolute bullshit is so, it must have been so satisfying to spot that and then it actually mm-hmm. pay off and logically make sense. It's uh, it's amazing. And da, 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 yeah, I hear you. No, 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 that was on a different script. Never mind. Um, that, that's it. That's all for me. <laughs> nice. I have very similar feelings as the two of you, and I think most people. I think this is generally consensus that the first one was a nice, pleasant surprise, a lot of fun. Um, you know, understood the at least, if nothing else how to make the structure entertaining and compelling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think the some of, not all of, some of the actual game uh, escape room elements in the second one are better than the first one. Mm-hmm. I think some of the actual rooms are better mm-hmm. uh, in this one, but the narrative in the story and the logic is terrible in this. Like, it's just, just the... <sighs> It's also so weird to do Tournament of Champions themed for your second movie. Like, yes. it, this is such a great idea to do for, like, the fifth movie or something. What if, yeah, what if you'd had three the, films of different teams and yes. you know all of these people? That would have been amazing. And, like, you had the movie about the priest and you had the movie yes, about the people yes. that couldn't film the team. And that was my main complaint coming away from this is, like, I want to see those other, yes. you know, those other escape room uh, you know, winners and what they went through um, more than I want to see this because this is just, you know, it was just everything was so forced and retrofitted and retconned and it just it it just doesn't work overall. Mm-hmm. And so it's not compelling, even though I loved some of the rooms. I thought some of the rooms felt more like actual escape rooms do where, you mm-hmm. know, you're solving puzzles in a more uh, escape room type way mm-hmm. uh, than in the first one. Um because honestly, in the first one, there and again, you can watch the Sins video. In the first one, there are multiple things you could do in most of those rooms that would completely negate, uh, you know, what they're trying to do, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with the characters mm-hmm. uh, in there. So, so yeah. Anyhow, um, yeah, I was really bummed, really, really bummed uh, when I came out of this movie, uh, just because I felt like not only did it squander this movie, it squandered this idea, and it's yeah. such a fun idea, and you know. Will there be another one? I, I kind of hope so, but only if they can kind of get themselves back on track. You know, I, could it be a Fast and Furious thing where, you know, the, you know, after Tokyo Drift, all of a sudden they find their tone and their rhythm and understand what they, the movies they need to be? Maybe. So you're hoping but, for um, the third film to be really, really bad. And so that the fourth right, one yes, will be yes. better. Got it. Yeah. Okay, good. No, I hope I hope they write the, <laughs> the ship on the third one and really figure out this concept could be an incredible yeah. IP for them. Um, but, the, you know, they totally squandered it here. So, yeah, it was frustrating. 
Um, I loved the, you can't really explain it, but it bothers me that they didn't capitalize off on slide <laughs> to shut off or simply decapitalize shut. Either way, go F yourself, smartphones. I had to relook uh, at was the really script because I thought, that, was Aaron on this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that does sound like something I would do. Uh, they need three letters and suddenly Theo spies a subway map with three missing letters on it. As if the movie is finally saying, we need to get on with this. <laughs> um, just loved that. Loved that a lot. So, Yeah. Uh, great sins video, terrible movie, unfortunately. Uh, all right, let's move into keeping tabs. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, those are my dogs. Those are my. Uh, every time I I talk, wow. Is this how Aaron feels when we're? Okay, we're gonna try this. I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. We're each going to take a look at something else from the process of putting together the content for the week. Maybe a weird Google search, deleted sin, etc., etc. Since you already mentioned it, Jonathan, why don't you uh, tell us a, a little bit about the extended cut of Escape Room Tournament of Champions? Yeah, so there is, uh, and if you go, if you get the Blu-ray or know somebody that has the Blu-ray, both versions are on it, and uh, there, there is what's called an extended cut. It's really just a completely different movie. Uh, I think there is like six extra minutes when all is said and done. But but the ending is completely different from what the I hear. Beginning, the beginning and the ending are very different. Uh, the middle section, for the most part, is the same, but the beginning and the ending are 
are 180s from what happens cuz mm-hmm. in the um and we we debated doing the extended but then we didn't know we figured more people had seen this one and this was the one that was released in theaters so we that decided to go with this one well interesting story but, while, just before you go on about that um when we reviewed this on Sif Pop the guest that was on with us actually had watched the extended cut uh oh, wow. that's amazing and and was really confused <laughs> about some of our complaints. Like, just like genuinely, like, what is going on here? Like, did oh, I like see that's a different the one movie? He was shown. Like, yeah, yeah. Huh. So, how yeah. did he even get shown that? I wonder. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's but I crazy. He, he messaged me later and was like, I think I figured out why I was so confused. <laughs> it's like, because you saw a different movie. It makes sense. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. So, in the, in this one, um, it just it just starts off with kind of a recap of everything, and then it's uh, the 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 Zoe characters like in therapy, mm-hmm. and then um and then it ends at the end. The Deborah and Wall character comes back from the first one. Um, that was never supposed to. That's not what happened in the. And I don't know why I didn't read into like why they decided to change some stuff up. But in the original version, it opens with uh, it kind of like a Saw movie, a Saw sequel. It opens up with an escape room scenario, and it's this woman is trapped in this sauna. And uh, come to find out, that's the wife of uh, the the guy who kind of, I don't know if he created it, but he's like running the games. And that's a character played by James Frain, uh, who's not in this, who's not in the theatrical version. And then his daughter is played by Isabella Furman from uh, the Orphan movie. Uh, she played, or- she played, the, I guess, the orphan in <laughs> Orphan. Um, but anyways, so so you have those characters. And so she ends up being kind of the daughter. Her name is Claire. She ends up being involved in this and she's designing the games. And then there's a twist at the end with her character. And the end plays out sort of similar, but it's in a different location. It's in this location with the sauna. And instead of Deborah and Wall being there, it's Zoe and the Claire character. And then they have to rescue Ben and get away from her father, basically. So that's, I don't know. It's just interesting because, I mean, it's, I don't know that it's better. Um, I think it, I think it's a better. I mean, because you still have all the crap with the subway car. I mean, none of that's different. Mm. So you still have all these issues you have in this one. But the the bookend maybe is a little more interesting uh, than the what's in this one because this one actually like the 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 extended cut actually kind of gives you more. I guess it depends on if you want to know more about the escape rooms and why they were created and stuff like that. I guess it depends on how much of that you want to know versus this movie, which basically tells you nothing and then even ends on a scenario that the first movie ended on, right, with her in the plane and everything. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. We had, and we had some comments about that. We had the, somebody was commenting. Oh yeah. Somebody commented like, this isn't the movie I saw. The movie I saw was the guy who's running this daughter designed all the traps and tricked the girl to help free or what is happening right now. Like somebody was watching our video was very confused. So I'm confused as to like, what was actually, did some people get this cut? They must've screened it. (laughs) Maybe to get a conversation buzz. Perhaps there's a movie that's done that. Possibly. I have no idea. I like my understanding is that the extended cut was more the original idea and that they changed it. Hmm. So that's very possible that both, cuts were around depending on you know i don't know yeah, so uh, yeah it's it's really strange yeah and they and they did i mean i think that's cool i like even though i don't really have any interest in owning this blu-ray i love when uh you know this is one thing about physical media i love is when you get these you know there's all these alternate cuts mm. and you can just get them all on one disc because it it is interesting to me even if i don't like the movie it's still very interesting to watch 
whatever the other version was. Yeah, the creative um, choices yeah. that made it diverse. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've never, like, I don't think in I've ever seen one like this different. Like, I mean, you can tell me Blade Runner Director's Cut is different than the original, and it definitely is, because it, like, takes out narration. It is, like, But it's still basically the same movie. Like, this this ends up being, like, almost a completely different film. <clears throat> Alien yeah. it's 3 just, it's did that? really bizarre. I think. Huh? Alien 3 or 4 did that and made an entirely different film. I think it's three. Yeah, well, Alien 3, uh, David Fincher basically Correct. had the film taken from him. Yes. And, uh, there, and there is what's called a work print. I don't think Fincher had anything to do with it, though, but there is kind of a... There's a print that's supposed to be a little more in line with what the original both terrible. Uh, version I've was seen supposed to be. Two versions of it, and they're, they're yeah, both no, horrific. they are. Those, yeah. It doesn't make it. It doesn't make it any better. I, I have rarely found that I like. I didn't like a movie, and then I watched like a different cut, and all of a sudden I thought it was great or something mm. like that. I've never had that happen, but I still find it interesting. Well, the only yeah. one that's come um, close to for me to- is Justice League, but that's cheating because it isn't re-edited. It's just unedited. <laughs> it's just the entire yeah, exactly. thing yeah. is just slapped in front of you. You might be right, though. That might be like the best the example closest, of, yeah. you know, because you're getting a completely different you're film. You're getting a miniseries too, so instead of a film, aren't you? It's definitely cheesy. Kingdom yeah. of Heaven is the example that a lot of people use um, mm-hmm. of a movie that's made really, really uh, superior by uh, a director's cut. Um, yeah, I've heard that. I, have, I haven't seen either version yeah. of that, but I've, I've heard that, that it's a lot better. The director's cut's a lot better than the theatrical. So Nice. Uh, Ian, what's oh, yeah. about me. you? Um, just the one um, this week, and it's the Danae's daughter actually wrote a sin on uh, oh, Meet the Robinsons, which is incredible. Nice. So she joined us for a little bit. To, so me and Danae were watching the film together, and um, she joined us for a little bit. And there was like some bits that we had to fast forward that were a little bit scary. And it's when we got to the point that um, Lewis's son, whose name I forget, um <clears throat> drags him suddenly into darkness to go through the family portraits. And the entire place is dark, apart from they're lit and the portraits are lit. And an Irish just says, why is it dark? And I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that at all. I was like, no, you're absolutely right. Why is it dark? And just having this conversation with a four-year-old, can you elaborate on that more? Like, why, why is this weird mm-hmm. to you? Um, and that eventually turned into the sin about how did they get the lighting so perfect when... Um, uh, Jeremy can't even light himself properly for like fan videos and stuff, and right, yeah, right. it was glorious. So that is, I think, the the youngest um, person, obviously, to ever write a sin for us, and the the honorary um, seventh member. <laughs> After I just said in this episode, we don't use other people's jokes. <laughs> you used do. somebody else's joke. Uh-huh. Yep, we have stolen <laughs> <And> a child <laughs> at that. Taking advantage of a child. We have stolen creative work from a four-year-old, and this is something that's going to bite me in about fourteen years when I get. That's sued right. For yes, it. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that was glorious. Ah, uh, very nice. Uh, I wanted to talk about the uh, the lights, the uh, player lights in Squid Game. Um, I oh yes, count- counting those was maybe the most invested I was in finding a mistake ever mm-hmm. because I was like, okay, like you had mentioned how satisfying it must've been like to map out the escape room yes. thing. Like that's kind of, that's this kind of thing where it's like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm just doing it. How many lights are on? How many lights turn off? That kind of yep. thing. And it was so satisfying to get to the end and be like, they're 25 off. Like, yes. you know, like it's just, they're absolutely off. Uh, in this and I like because I'm going by the way the way that is is set up is like diagonally Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Like, and so like, I'm trying to like count rows and kind of guess how many are, you know, back there. Plus I have to kind of advance it because he's blocking some of them, you know, so he's walking back as they're turning off. And so like, I don't know exactly, but I have, you know, fairly good estimates, but it took a long time. So I'm like writing down, here's how many are in this row. So I'm like writing down Mm -hmm. each row, you know, so that I'm not like, you know, trying to mess up my count kind of thing and then doing the math (laughs) at the end. Uh, it was, it was a, a big process. And when you're doing something like that, here's the thing. You convince yourself, even if they are exactly right, you're going to write a sin about this because you've invested yes. too much energy. Yes. So you're going to, you know, sin them for making you, you know, do the to do the work or whatever. That it's true. Yeah, even if but it it's is so true. much more satisfying when they're wrong. Yeah. You know, it's so much more satisfying when they didn't do all their mm-hmm. actual, you know, exact homework. Uh, speaking of not doing all your exact homework, I will also mention uh, in this that we sin that they're completely out of order. And I promise you, I looked at that thing just like these, like they're kind of like there's groupings of them that feel like they're close, but no, you go in a line and it's just like jumps from 30 something to 50 something. And if you go up and down, it jumps or whatever. Never occurred to me that it's rode diagonally why would it be? from the top to the bottom. Like, uh, so yeah, so immediately upon posting, there were people who are like, oh no, it's in order, it's diagonal. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. That's 100 percent a green uh you know Uh that is you you know you are absolutely correct we just totally missed that um but uh but yeah we probably still would have sent it for being so confusing but um the other problem is no it is in order the the, why would it be down there because from an aerial view it makes sense but nobody's at an Mm -hmm. aerial view everyone's at ground level Mm -hmm. that is so hard to read if you're in the room with it it's it's made for us and it shouldn't be yeah, yeah. There is an argument, just to, to be argumentative, that it may be made for viewers. Maybe there are cameras in there for the VIPs Possibly. or whoever's watching, you know, like, so, you well, know, not, it's in, possible, but... In the final episode, it, oh, I won't spoil that for Jonathan, sorry. Yeah, no, there you go. That was my, my research on nice. counting Squid Game lights. All right, let's move into the comments section. I want to know what you're thinking. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We'll each pick a comment from last week's content from the various places you reach out. Discord, YouTube, Reddit, the videos, etc. Um, mine has already been touched on. I had a comment about the extended cut. Uh, Lasan says the extended cut, is, in my opinion, is superior. It's a completely different film, but it makes more sense. It's such a shame that they changed it. And then there are, I think there's like a 30 to 40 comment conversation uh, below that of people talking about it. So, yeah. I, I think they're right. I mean, I think it, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say superior because that kind of implies that it's good. But I mean, in my opinion, you know, mm-hmm. that yeah. would imply that I'm saying it's good. So I wouldn't say it's good, but it probably is better. Um, and it's definitely just kind of fascinating just to see the what they did differently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ian, what about you? Um, so there's a really simple one. Um, should I write kids movies? And this is from Meet the Robinsons. And once somebody just said no. That is a definite and firm no. <laughs> Jeremy or anybody writing for, for the Sins team should not be writing movies. That is a categorical no. Um, mm-hmm. And then a couple of um, nitpicking the nitpickers of the nitpickers. Um, the name Cybiok means Dawn. And Gihan isn't saying her name is pretty. He's just saying that her name doesn't match her personality. And we I saw that. We I seen, saw that. Yeah, we seen the fact that he went for the, the double factor of... Hey, you've mm-hmm. got a pretty name, and also you're not pretty. Now, 
I think mm. that's a bit of a leap that saying he was referring to her personality. And I think that's probably being almost, even though it's still a shitty thing to say, that's being generous. And I, I'm still, mm. he's still a dick. The sin still stands regardless for me. Yeah, I think I'd categorize that as red, maybe slightly orange if you want to head towards yellow. <laughs> Let's uh, not confuse but, this anymore. But- but no no i think you're right i think it's it's terrible either way like it's not Mm -hmm. you know it's yeah i i i'm not sure that changes the the heart of what that sin is saying so yeah um and last one was there should be in for escape room somebody said that we missed a sin that there should be two locks on each of the safety deposit boxes because real safe Mm. deposit boxes require two keys and the best answer i saw to this was yeah but real banks also don't have lasers (laughs) And it's just that, that sort of point that this is not an actual bank, this is an escape room. Yeah, it's an escape Therefore, room. Therefore, the rules yeah. can be... Yeah. And of all of the rules that this movie invents for itself, uh-huh. that's the one yeah. I will forgive, because, okay, it has one lock. Well, it's Im- Fine. it's immediately argumentative. Yeah. You know, we could we, we could form that into a sin. They're not wrong. We can, no. we can sin whatever we want. We sin things that aren't sins all the time. Like, that's, you know, it's, it's you know, but part of the fun. we try not to be too argumentative about stuff like right, that. Right, because then, yeah, then it's just like, you know, I mean, if there's a great joke there, maybe, yeah. you know, but um, just saying there should be two locks on here, it's like, well, no, it's an escape room that's been designed. It's not an actual mm-hmm. bank. So, so yeah. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Jonathan, what about you? Uh, well, mine was from Escape Room 2. Uh, B said about nine minutes into this video, one of the sins is that Zoe says that the group was all lone survivors, but Zoe and Ben aren't lone survivors and nobody questions yes. that. That was the sin that we wrote. In reference to the escape room from the previous film, they both survived the escape room. Mm-hmm. She was, But this, this person says she was simply referring to the fact that she was the only survivor from a plane crash and Ben was the only survivor from his car crash. I guess that's supposed to be what the movie's saying. I will say I did hmm. go back and look at it. And Zoe has a line that says the rooms were tailored around all of our accidents. My problem with this, though, is that they don't know about the other people, like what they've gone through. So I don't know how she would even come to that conclusion. And the way she says it in the movie, it definitely sounds like she's talking about they each survived the escape room. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's why I was looking at it that way, because we didn't know what had happened to these people. And I don't even know if, I mean, we knew the guy talked a little bit about being a priest and having some, you know, having some issues, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, and I think, I think this person is right and that that's what the movie intended that to be. But now I have like so many more questions about <laughs> like, well, then why would they have mm-hmm. phrased it that way? And, but anyways, but you know, I, I'm, I'm not afraid to admitting that that was definitely the movie's intention and I got that wrong. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, let's move into Beyond the Sins. To infinity and beyond! Somewhere beyond my wildest dream. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We're just going to chat about something else from the world of pop culture that we've seen recently. Uh, Jonathan, kick us off. What have you seen? So I saw this movie. I don't know how new it is. It's 2021, but I don't know when it dropped on Hulu. But it is a movie I randomly just found out about over the holidays called uh, We Need to Do Something. And so I watched it. It's a pretty pretty short film. I think it's only like 90 minutes or so. But uh, it's got one of those like premises that I always find interesting where you've got like this family and they're trapped in one area for, you know, the length of the film. And so pretty much everything we see is from that area. So did I already say this? This is called We Need to Do Something from 2021. It's got uh, uh, Pat Healy and Vanessa Shaw uh, play the parents. Uh, I've uh, I love both of them very much. Uh, Vanessa Shaw is probably most known as being the young girl and uh, not the youngest girl, but the guy, 
the girl that the main character is attracted to in Hocus Pocus, uh, you know, and uh, and then Pat Healy's is just a character actor. He's been in so, so many movies. I don't even know where to start, but you'd recognize him if you saw him. Uh, they play the parents of these two kids. I, I don't think I've ever seen these kids in anything else. They're both quite good, too, but they have hunkered down in this really nice bathroom uh, during a storm, and quickly after they're in there, they hear a loud noise and come to find out whatever is going on out there has come, like the storm has, has gone through their roof and a tree has crashed into their house and it has essentially blocked them into the bathroom. They can't get the door open. Uh, so the rest of the movie is just them in there. Uh, there's obviously, there's a, it, like in a lot of these movies, there's some pre-existing drama with the family that starts rearing its ugly head, I guess. And then you're also trying to figure out exactly, but then, and then things start happening like Things start happening to where you're questioning about was it just a storm that did this? Is there you know something a little more evil afoot? That kind of thing. I thought it was really well done. It's really well paced. It's really it lays its uh, it gives it lays its uh, plot out in a really interesting way. Um, all the acting's good. Uh, I as much as we make fun of jump scares, there is easily one of the best jump scares I've ever <laughs> seen in a movie. Um, I will just say it involves a voice from outside the door, outside the bathroom. I and it was like one of those moments where I actually audibly, like not shrieked. I don't know what you would call it, but <sighs> I audibly did something. Yeah, and then and which eventually turned into laughter, just because it just <laughs> caught me so off guard. It's just a crazy moment. Nice. It is nice when uh, it works. I don't, I don't, it, it is. It is. It yeah. is. I don't. I don't get moments like that mm -hmm. that much anymore. Uh, yeah. The last time I remember was I remember in a quiet place. The first one, of course, that was like I was in the theater mm. and it was super quiet because everybody's watching this movie that there's no sound in. And then I remember right when I saw that nail. And her foot coming down, I was just like, oh, oh hell no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was so loud when I yes. said it because everyone was so quiet in the theater. And then and then people just started laughing. But it was very much kind of one of those moments, mm -hmm. you know, and it was, oh, yeah, it was really cool. But no, no, I recommend this. I don't think this is really on a lot of people's radars. Uh, like I said, I just randomly heard about it. Uh, so I don't know. I think it's definitely worth checking out. It's a cool little like one room thriller uh, it's definitely got some horror elements to it, but it, it falls mostly in, I would say, that thriller department. But uh, I had a lot of fun with it, and that's nice. uh, we nice. need to do something. Uh, I'll go next. Um, just trying to knock off a few more 2021 movies before I do my official uh, list for the year. I watched a French film uh, called Petite Maman, mm -hmm. um, which translated as Little Mother. Um, and I don't want to say a ton about this movie, I really enjoyed it. It's very artistic. So if like this, this is not um, an action film. <laughs> like what is compelling about this is relational, emotional, and uh, visual. So uh, and conceptual. There's there's some conceptual things going on here, which is one of the reasons I I don't necessarily want to talk too much about it. It is in French, um, and uh, I really enjoyed it. So I wanted to pass it on. Nice. Uh, there's nowhere you can see this, so apologies. Uh, <laughs> Wait, but <laughs> we'll be soon, I'm sure. Yes, but I'm sure very soon you'll be able to uh, is, get it on demand or something like this that. This is the so. director of Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Correct. Yes. Okay, is that right? Um, yeah, I'm I'm dying to see this. Uh, yeah. So Portrait of a Lady on Fire was, I think, last year. Just an absolutely gorgeous movie and um, and absolutely beautiful. And and it's clear that there's a lot of that same talent at work here. Um, this one is, uh, I'll just say, a little simpler. Um, it's also 79 minutes. 
Ooh. So, you know, it's a nice, 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 quick watch. I love that. And, I love uh, that so much. <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably, I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't remember what it's rated, but I seems like it could even be PG. It's just a very mm. simple, you know, quick, um, you know, story. So yeah, I, I, I would recommend it just with the caveat of, you know, you're, you're watching art, you're, you know, with this one, you're not watching, you know, something like fast and furious, you know? Uh, or as it's called in French, Les Fast and Les Furious. Uh, nice. I, I don't know. If, um, so Ian, what about you? Um, mine's going to be really, really quick because um, it's something to talk about that needs no spoiling and it's in and of itself, um, which has been nice. heavily, heavily recommended <laughs> to me by everyone on the planet that watches things um, that hasn't that has watched it. Um, and it just went on to Disney+. Plus. I know it's been out in the States for a while, but it just landed in... Um, in England last week, and in um, the states, it's on Hulu. Just to cool. be clear, but yes. Yeah. Which wait, no, let's not. <laughs> that makes no sense because you have Disney Plus, but the international rights. Oh, never mind. Um, this is amazing. It's to call it a, a a magic show isn't doing it justice at all. It's more along the lines of Darren Brown and something a bit more without being snobby intellectual it's not a bunch of tricks and flashing explosions there's a lot of um illusion and misdirection that's extremely entertaining to watch but as a narrative through um through the the 90 minutes that is so special and deals with identity and i'm not going to say anything more than that but it is it's it's not a light ride but it is so worth watching just it tells you in the, the first three seconds, please put down your phone, put away any distractions and just focus on the story. And that's my biggest recommendation going in is that it's only 90 minutes, but give yourself over to it and um, just just be prepared. Like it is it is a ride. Um, it's something that you're, you're likely to come out of quite emotional. Um, it's incredible. It's so, so, so good. Cool. Yeah, I agree. I've said it, I think, on this show before. Um it is uh it is one of my favorite things I saw in 2021. Uh I and, you know, if it had counted for, you know, some sort of awards consideration this year, then I mm-hmm. I would have probably done that. But um yeah, it's yeah, it's it's almost like any way you describe it isn't quite enough. You could call it's it a not. one-man show, but that's <clears throat> almost diminishes it even a little bit. You could call it, you know, a mat, you know, uh magic, magic show, show like you said. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's really it's like a philosophical contemplation of some really deep themes using illusion and some other uh, things. Is it a as spook a... show? <laughs> no. no. No jump no. scares. Because um, as no. Guillermo you... del Toro taught us this year, you don't want to do a spook show. That's or true. last year, That's... I guess. Yeah. The uh, Yeah, no, there's, there's some spooky things uh, that will certainly have you uh, mm-hmm. scratching your head. Um, but, and, and also, I guess it's worth mentioning, this, this is a live show that he did on Broadway, I think, or at least in New York City, yeah. uh, for a period of five hundred uh, around a year. Fifty-two shows. Oh yeah, so it was yeah, so probably wow. a couple Two of years. years. Yeah, um, and that adds, and and that this this recording is from many of those shows. Mm-hmm. So like, it's not like, um, in the, and it's not trying to make you think that it's all one show no. because it's actually using editing in some ways that make it clear that it's showing you different um, shows. Um, but it was, yeah. So this was an actual experience that people had, including people you probably know. You will actually see 
some people um, in the audience uh, that you know mm-hmm. uh, during this um, that you might recognize. Bill Gates comes to mind. Uh, I think he's in this and uh, some others as well. Um, but yeah, David no, it's. Blaine? I believe, yes, David okay, Blaine is cool. in the audience that, as well. Yeah. Uh, it, he's yeah. not on screen for long. And I was like, wait, but it, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So there's several of those moments. Um, but yeah, it's in and of itself. That is on Hulu. Petite Maman is currently in some theaters. Uh, if you live in a bigger city, maybe you can find it. Otherwise, it should be available on demand soon. And We Need to Do Something is available on Hulu. Well, that's going to do it for Behind the Scenes this week. Don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. If you've got anything you want to send us, you can mail it to us. P.O. Box 881, Republic, Missouri, 65738. You can also hang out with us on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. He is at Witsin. W-H-I-T-T-S-I-N-N-E-D <laughs> Question mark? I put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> <laughs> and at Sam Loomis 13. So for Jonathan Watkins, Ian Whittington, a random Danae Hughes, an octopus <laughs> butler, and myself, we will see you next week. Happy National Take a Poet to Lunch Day. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to bts at cinemasins.com and be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting cinemasins.com slash bts. Why do we still have daylight savings? It's a great question. Technically, we don't. We have daylight saving. That's true. But, uh, but yeah, that's just... <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> he froze. Okay, that's not just me. Okay, no, good. no. Ian, Ian has frozen. Oh no, am I back? You're back. Yeah, okay, cool. Yes, that you're was back. really weird. Um, one second. I know exactly. Yeah, yeah. Where have you been, man? It's been five days. <laughs> yeah, I just lost all of that time. <laughs> I don't know why we've been sitting here. We'd have, we would have had to have been sitting here for five days for that to work. But, you know. <laughs> just like, man, you froze for five days. This could be Friday. Yeah, this yeah. could be Friday. Stay still for next week. Right. <laughs> Aaron, you're an ass because I, you know, at the bottom of the description for for BTS, and you write, oh, and a something. Uh-huh. I wrote, oh, a sudden Danae deleted it because I didn't want it to be a spoiler <laughs> and then wrote Octopus Butler. You got both of my endings. I'm coming back Sorry to square about that. one. <laughs> Are you recording right now? No. You're messing with your microphone? Yes, because I'm changing the thing. I'm not touching it. I'm not moving the position. No, it's fine. It's fine. I, I, I apologize that my anger towards you touching microphones has you so jumpy, but I was just letting you know that at one point in time you muted it, and I don't know yeah, if... I know, and I unmuted oh, okay. it immediately. Was, yeah, yeah. I, I just missed really what you were saying. So you're sorry. fine. Oh my God, you're so scared of me. I love I have it. PTSD when it comes to mic moving Don't now. fucking touch, touch the microphone. <laughs> Stop, Stop fucking, fucking touching, touching it. it. <laughs> what, is, what is on the show today? What are you guys talking about today? We have got What If the Watcher Broke His Oath, um, Squid Game Stick to the Team, um, Escape Room Tournament of Champions, and Meet the Robinsons, which was my (gasps) new. Oh my god, I wrote on that one! Yeah, you did. Fuck that movie. You have to go hard at this movie. You have to do it for us, Ian. So here's the problem. It's already been forgotten completely. Nobody remembers this film. So the only... The only people chiming up in the YouTube comments were like, oh, it's an underrated classic, it's great, nobody talks about this movie. So I'm shitting on something that everyone knows is not good, and I'm just piling on. I want to root for the underdog, but it's just not good. Well, there's rooting for the underdog, and then there's rooting for a pile of shit. Yeah, that's true. But you root for me. (laughs) 
can't. Wait. Where did you just place yourself on that <laughs> spectrum? It's up to you. I'm either the <laughs> underdog or the pile of shit. But isn't there other choices on this gradient, on this yeah. sliding scale? Okay, I don't know, okay. Janae, where, where do you put me? Well, now that we're conversing about it awkwardly. Mm-hmm. Great time to take a big old sip of tea slash coffee slash oat milk. I was just asking uh, uh, Ian to please shit on Meet the Robinsons because I hate that movie. It doesn't... Well, hey, we're recording right now. Why don't you just go ahead? You, you do your thing. I'll, just say, I'll put it in the outtakes. People will love it. <laughs> Tell us how terrible Actually, it is. The last oh, 10 man. minutes has been a shit on Meet the Robinsons <laughs> for the outtakes. Um, so let me just tell you what I think about uh, this movie real quick. Yeah, These go, are things okay. that I want you to talk about. I want you to talk about the horrible, uh, abusive woman who ran that orphanage, who uh-huh. should be under investigation for being terrible at what she was doing. To mm-hmm. think about what she was putting the children through blows my mind. And that the little bitty, what was that kid's name with like the dark circles under his eyes? Um, so that's Michael or Goober. Michael. That's what I was going to say. I remember it because it's Burns. Goob. So he's he's so like abused or something and mm-hmm. no one seems to be paying any attention. Of course, then he's apparently the bad guy who has a totally different nose structure. Glad you found that, Ian. Like the whole thing is just <laughs> this casual idea that children are responsible. This is this is such a me thing, but like that children are held responsible for things that adults should be responsible for because children cannot perceive. It happens throughout the entire movie like adults turn their back on children so many times and it's like it drives me crazy because they should know that they have a a mentor or someone that can help care for them but this movie isn't about that it's about the feeling of i've got to save the world on my own because there's nobody else that can help me and there's not an appropriate adult in this entire thing like it just i i i the wacky moment of watching this movie this is this is one of those moments that like so Ian and I got to watch this movie together because we uh, send it while he was in the U.S. So we actually got to sit down and watch this film that was together. So fun. Yeah, and so it was it was a lot of fun. We started it and we were making notes, you know, as the <clears> movie went on. We weren't stopping and sending as we went because that would be really really frustrating and annoying. But we watched it all the way through, and the moment when this movie kicks over into. Um, Cornelius, whatever the hell that means, mm-hmm. when he arrives as a child to the Robinsons Looney Tunes mansion, it was Ian and I just for a solid five or ten minutes going, what the fuck is going on? Because it kicks into this sort of like LSD induced craziness and i think that was the fun of probably watching this when you're a kid is that it's just like oh a a giant octopus opened the door that's really interesting but if is this the real world and we're saying that because cornelius turned into an inventor that suddenly there's sentient frogs that are singing and octopi answer this is not the real world this is insanity so i uh yeah it was a very hard thing to then take seriously at all i don't think we're supposed to but I, I tried to take some seriously to figure out where the ground, like, where do I ground in on this? What, what's actually, what is this movie? And this movie is dumb across the board. And then yeah. I don't know that I would say much else. Well, there you go. Um, I look forward to talking about how much I love Meet the Robinsons later oh, on the show. No. <laughs> this movie 
Woody says, if you are quirky and an inventor, there is a purpose for you and you can make mistakes and that's a wonderful thing. Except for emotionally, because as soon as these children make emotional mistakes, they are completely abandoned. Fuck this movie. 100%. And that's terrible. Poor kid is left in the orphanage for years. He's just left there alone. A closed orphanage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is. It's terrible. but, But you like it? But doesn't make the movie bad it's just bad because movie. something terrible happens to a child. I mean, something like, terrible doesn't... happens to people. Are you saying in the Lord of the Rings movies, yeah. Harry... nothing terrible happens to anyone in those movies? A lot of terrible nope. stuff happens Perfect. to people in those movies. Nothing happens to Harry Potter lives under I, stairs, I man. Like, you it's know. not that it's terrible. It's just illogical. Like, Yeah, you know what else is illogical? Living in a world that's animated. <laughs> I've seen it once. I remember I I remember thinking it was fine. Stop. Oh, we'll talk about it during the show. Can we talk about it now? Can you just do- Oh, it's showtime. I got to go. You guys have fun. You can, you can just, you know, you can hang out for the show if you want today. And then just come in for me the Robinsons and then you guys sure, can eviscerate. Do you want. Okay, yeah. I'll just hang no, out I'm in the background. You. I'm still with you. Oh, thanks, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Why do you have a wicker bowl filled with orange? It's not even it's, real. It's not. No, it's faux wicker. Yeah. It's, it's a boat. It's, it's plastic. It's a plastic mm-hmm. wicker boat filled with, and that was filled with orange segments. Two, two whole oranges. Why is this so <laughs> strange? I have like five of these. You have five wicker bowls. Five wicker baskets. But I food. just don't understand that. That's not a bowl. I mean, I guess technically it's a bowl. It's great for chips. Great for noodles. <laughs> um, uh-huh. That's about it. <laughs> So you purchased five wicker, plastic wicker bowls in case? Yeah. What do you mean? No, no, no. Not just in case. I knew I was going to use them. It's not like shit in case of emergency break glass for wicker bowl. I, I'm trying to figure out if I'm jealous about it or not. We have to wait. I'll bring one with me or mm-hmm. yeah, you'll have to come and see. You're going to bring. Wait, hold on. No, 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 no. There's no reason to pack that in your bag. Well, I've done. Too late. I've done it now. It's already in my bag. I may even pack two so I can leave one behind. Can you go ahead and purchase five more and then just leave them at all of these <laughs> CinemaSins houses? Like, when we go visit Nashville, you just, like, Chris leave Chris finds one. Like, one of his cats is sat inside it. <laughs> That's a huge bowl. That's too big. Or a no, really tiny fine. cat. No, no, no. The cats just fit. Cats just fit inside. Like, it'll be overlapping all of the sides. Oh, yeah. And you're like, what are you sat on? Like, what? Is this a fucking plastic wicker basket? A little cat loaf. Yes. Just like, like, where else do you put your cats? <laughs> <laughs> but no, my parents have loads of them as well. And I never guessed. Oh, I never thought so they it's were like weird. a Whittington thing. Well, I don't think we're the only family that has them. I'll put a I've picture I've never seen anybody somewhere. have a wicker basket bowl. Really? No, it's yeah. really nice. It makes you feel fancy. Like, they're great for, like, <laughs> prawn crackers and biscuits and, like, yeah, a chip bowl. Because <laughs> Can you please tell me that you... <laughs> do you have, like, your cereal in them? No. You have a serving you have a serving dish instead of a bowl. For okay, casual everyday use, casual snack goes into like a regular casual bowl. Yours is like this wicker serving boat and you have slices of orange in it (laughs) for yourself. It's it's not big enough to be like a serving thing. It's great for like sharing, but not for serving. (laughs) Can I ask you guys to, to weigh in on something that doesn't matter at all? Yes, please, okay, go ahead. Ian, will you please present to them what? <laughs> your orange container? What? Will you just show them your orange container? I've just got uh, some oranges. Oh, I, um, I saw all this. Oh, damn it, Jonathan. It's... I was going to... Yes, Jonathan! Uh, yes! 
No, I, I, I completely uh, agree. That is very, very strange. I've never seen anything like that. You can put fruit in a fruit basket, but it's more for like to pull out of and then put into a proper eating container. You know, like that's that yeah, is, but it's not big enough don't for that. He did. Anything? He did say that he had two full oranges that yeah. he segmented and so i can understand that being in a bowl instead of on a plate i usually put my oranges and some of it on a plate but yeah. they weren't any, i was really really distracted by the bowl that's not even a bowl it's, it's, a boat. it's not a bowl that's what i'm saying it's a boat. even if it was a bowl that's still a little weird but that is not a bowl that is some sort of weird boat that is like some sort of weird plastic basket boat yeah. maybe you make a banana split in that kind maybe. of thing that's, maybe yes. but yes Banana split, perfectly acceptable. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's the only if you if you need yes if you need like the length of your banana to be captured. Yeah, that that's was it. My five <laughs> <laughs> right, point one. I've only found two of the missing four segments of orange. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure it will start smelling bad at some point, and then I'll know. And two, um, do bowls have to be circular? Why yes. can't they be boat shaped? Those are boats. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be clear about my practice when I peel an orange and put it into slices. I use a paper towel and I bring it down in a paper towel, which I can kind of crumple, you know, crumple up. And then I set it on my desk on a paper towel. That's how I Yeah, but food, that's but so. paper towels, you're going to leak through. It's going to leak through onto the desk. You tear the onion, you, you open the orange and over a trash can, because that way you can throw the peel in the trash can. And then you take the peel you take yes, the orange, I do that. Right? Yes. you have separated mm -hmm. and you right. put it in a bowl and then you take that bowl you set that bowl on your desk because yeah, then nothing fine. gets anywhere yeah, why and you say mm -hmm. wasting a bowl then a plate like, how much more yeah. effort is it to clean up a bowl compared to a plate <laughs> it's the same thing aaron's eating habits like irritate me to death this is true jonathan is not wrong you should never trust me in my opinion no. on eating habits i'm weird i am very strange yeah. so yeah we can't yeah don't trust me well if we know anything now it's just that everyone eats things differently and we can judge each other and at the end of the day yeah, okay. still care about each other deeply. No, fuck you people. I'm out of here. I'm just still not sure. I like here's the, here's the thing that started the conversation. I don't know where I would get whatever that is that Ian has. Like I've never even seen okay, one of those what, things. This like, is what I wanted to talk about. This is what I wanted to talk right. about. Ian like, is holding That looks like that looks like something you'd put potpourri in in a bathroom or something. Yeah. Like I've literally never seen anything it's like, like for food. <laughs> You can do that if you want. That's fine. So, Just don't get it confused. <laughs> Make sure you clean it first. At Ian's house, when you go to Ian's house, he has a set of five. One yep. is in the kitchen. One is on the back of the toilet. Okay. I'm completely on board now. I love this game. I have never seen one I've of never those. I've never seen one of those. Like, that yeah. is not something that you buy in sets of how many do you have, Ian? Uh, five. <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> Nothing's wrong with it. It's just interesting. <laughs> Feels the same to me as if I came in here eating oranges out of a tissue That's box. Some like it's just like That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's right. Like... What is this meant for? Somebody invented this for what a restaurant. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Like French fries, chips, like you right, said earlier. Right. Okay, so right. what's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. why why <laughs> Why French fries are not oranges? I don't know. This is why I was saying before before everybody got this here. This is what we're trying to I, I don't understand why it's so strange to me, but it is. <laughs> I don't understand why you don't put a liner in it, though, because you're just going to get orange shit on the basket, <laughs> and it. it's going to be hard to clean, clean anyway. off. Where do you, you don't throw that in the dishwasher. Oh, my God. It's plastic. 
Yeah. I thought it was I mean, like I thought it was like woven. It looks like nope. a basket. Nope. It's plastic. It's plastic. Oh, then yeah, I'm with Aaron. I don't know where you'd find that. God damn it. Oh. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 